Hey there, I'm Paulina Cameron, CEO of the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs. We educate, mentor, energize, and connect women entrepreneurs across Canada to be wildly successful, promoting strong economies and thriving communities. To learn more about our programs, visit us at fwe.ca. I am also thrilled to be your host for FWE's podcast, The Go-To, for entrepreneurs in the know, powered by Scotiabank. I interview inspiring guests who will share their journey of their business success and provide crucial pieces of advice that you can use to move your business forward today. This season, we're covering everything from branding to financials, sales, and organizational culture. As you listen to the season, ask yourself how you can use these learnings to take your business forward. Let's dive in. The holy grail for distribution is often the coveted eye-level shelf in the store or the e-commerce site boasting millions of daily active users, DAU for those in the know. It takes a lot of hard work to distribute your product or service to the right place so that you can sell it to the right person. Joining us in Toronto by phone today is Joanna Griffiths, founder and CEO of Nixware, a women's underwear company making functional, comfortable underwear and celebrating our bodies as they are. With a sale happening every 10 seconds, opening stores in Toronto and Vancouver, and global online distribution, over 99% of their sales currently come from online, and the very recent launch of a new maternity and postpartum line, Nixware is proudly claiming its space in the competitive intimates industry. Welcome to the go-to, Joanna. Thanks so much for having me. So first of all, congratulations on the recent launch of your new baby. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> your, your human little baby <laughs> and yes. your new baby of a new product line of maternity and postpartum. You know, as a mom to a four-month-old myself, I feel like I really have to thank you. <laughs> and, you know, big kudos for showing up so ambitiously as a CEO and a mom. So Nix began distributing through department stores and workout studios, but then you pivoted and went direct to consumer after realizing that you didn't have a chance to get to know your customer at a deeper level through traditional retail. Since then, it's safe to say that business has grown. You were just ranked Canada's sixth fastest growing company. Congratulations with annual sales exceeding an estimated over 50 million. So tell us about this growth journey, the lessons you learned and the decisions you've made along the way. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the most things that's been crucial to our growth was um, really me learning how to say no. And so um, that might seem a bit counterintuitive because as an entrepreneur, you often want to say yes to as many things as possible. And the first three years of building Nick, I said yes to just about everything. Mm. Yes to department stores, yes to workout studios, yes to equestrian stores, yes to the shopping channel, yes to online, yes, 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 yes. And ultimately what happened was that I wasn't that good at any one thing in particular. And I wasn't giving myself or my team like the bandwidth to be experts at something. And so what we ended up doing was deciding, you know what, these are products that people want to buy online, our customers online, and we want to tell really great stories. We want to tell stories about the products and the impact they have on people's lives. We want to tell stories about women's bodies that will have a broader impact on society and um, really kind of honed in on the fact that we were better off telling those stories online and telling them directly as a brand versus relying on a third party. Mm -hmm. 
So that would have been a hard decision to make because I imagine you had to, as you said, say no to everything, but then also know how to pick what was the right path forward. So what kinds of tools and resources did you use as you navigated that? Yeah, I mean, it was really scary. Um, That was sort of back in 2016. um, And really, at the time, I cut off more than half of our annual and monthly revenue. Um, So it's a pretty big risk. I um, had done a bunch of tests before that, you know, the biggest of which was the crowdfunding campaign where I seen firsthand that people wanted to buy these products online. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm a big, big believer in like, running small tests before you like completely change gears. Um, And so that was a huge one. And then, you know, I think for us, like the timing was just really right. Um, We've been on the Shopify platform and we're one of the first kind of companies to leverage Shopify plus, which is their more enterprise version of the, of the software. And, um, you know, that really enabled us to switch to become an e-commerce company without needing like a ton of, external financing or dev support or any of those things. Um, and then it was a matter of finding the best possible partners for um, selling online. And that could mean a really great, you know, fulfillment center that just specializes in e-commerce or, um, you know, a really great uh, video editing company that could help us cut our videos before we built that team out in-house. Um So it's a matter of kind of looking around you and pulling together the best people for what it is you're trying to do. So it sounds like you're really data driven too. I mean, internally, it looks like you're evaluating a lot of data, but also from your your users. I know I've purchased from you many times before. And one of the things I noticed is you send out these quick surveys. I think it was ahead Mm -hmm. of launching your swimmer line and it was super quick. Are you interested in this? Would you buy this? Excited? Yes, no. So it sounds like the decisions you're making are really data driven. Can you tell us more about how that works for you? Yeah, I think like my background is um, I'd never worked in apparel before. I'd never run a company before. Um, I never even sold a physical. Well, I worked in the music industry, so I sold physical CDs. But that was <laughs> the last thing that I sold that was a physical item. And so when I was building Nick, um, I really, you know, had no ideas or preconceived notions. I just talked to women and I asked them what they wanted. And that kind of set out um, the whole vision and mission of the company. And it's how we now think about things across the board. So we truly are here to serve our customers. We're here to serve women. Um, We're here to change the way that they feel about their bodies through great products and amazing branding. And what better way to do that than to engage with our customers, ask them what they want, what they like, what they don't like, how are we doing, um, just constantly checking in to make sure that we're doing the best job we possibly can to to serve them. So for an entrepreneur who's running a product-based business, what is the one thing you consider most important to building a distribution and a community model that will thrive? Yeah, I mean, I really think it is, it starts with understanding your customer and understanding who they are, what they want, what they like, what they don't like, and then driving all of your kind of considerations around that that piece. That totally makes sense to me. So when you were thinking about your customer, I mean, you've, sp- you've talked about speaking to your customers. How can a company or a starting company really seek to understand who their customer is and what would drive them? So what I did was I went and I did surveys 
and interviews. I kind of talked to as many women as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also spent a lot of time online um, in different forums and mommy groups and running groups, like where I knew that I had kind of clusters of consumers and Mm -hmm. spent time listening and understanding them. And I think one of the biggest mistakes we make about entrepreneurship is we feel like we have these ideas and we have to keep them to ourselves or Mm. keep them secret. Or have the perfect answer. Exactly, that's it. We don't want to share it until it's perfect. And the truth is, is that like, it's never going to be perfect unless you talk to people and understand what it is that they want and need and you get their feedback. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm just such a big advocator, advocate, advocator. <laughs> I'm such a big advocate um, for that. And it doesn't have to be expensive, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't have to be um, crazy complicated. Mm-hmm. It just has to involve talking to people and and getting feedback along the way. Well, Joanna, before we sign off here, where can people continue to learn from you and be inspired by you? Where can they find you online and where can they follow you? Oh, sure. Yeah. So our site is nix.ca and our Instagram handles are typically at nixware, K-N-I-X-W-E-A-R. And we do a lot of, I think, positive uh, things through those channels and then I personally am at Joanna Nick on Instagram and that's where I say I'm the most active thank you so much Joanna for your time your energy and your insights we're so honored and excited to have you on this podcast my pleasure thanks for having me we're going to take a quick pause before we hear from our next guest the go-to for entrepreneurs in the know is the outcome of a collaboration between FWE and the Scotiabank Women Initiative. Let's take a moment to hear from our generous sponsor. Hi, everyone. I'm Sloane Muldoon, Senior Vice President of Canadian Branch Banking, and I sit on the advisory board for the Scotiabank Women Initiative. Something that I often get asked about is sales distribution on products and services. In my experience, customers are looking for a combination of friendly, efficient, and professional services from employees who are knowledgeable and willing to assist. There are three key skills that have helped my team succeed in this area. Number one, be genuine. Being genuine and caring about your customers' needs and expectations by active listening, you will build trust and long-term relationships. Number two is about articulation of the products and services in which we offer. Customers say, know me, know my business, and show me you care. Know your suite of products and ensure you are curious by asking questions and again listening to your customer. You will be able to align customer needs back to your value proposition, which is a key component in helping their business to be successful. And number three, WIFM. What's in it for me? Be sure you can show the value of your products and services. When you show our customers how the products are customized to their needs, they will create a deeper level of trust in the relationship. The products and services will then come organically. Thank you so much for all of your support. To learn more, please visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. Let's get back into the studio. Joining us from Toronto today is Anila Zabe, a past FWE mentor and CEO of Emergitel a recruitment agency for the IT, finance, healthcare, and telecom industries, with clients including TELUS, Rogers, and Accenture. From founding your business in your home in 2006, your revenues are now surpassing $25 million annually, 
employing over 50 people. No small feat there. Congratulations, Anila, and welcome to the GoTo. Thank you. Thanks for having me over. Going from the basement to a multi-million dollar operation doesn't happen overnight. (laughs) What are the key steps of that journey that ultimately made you an industry leader lending such major contracts? There are two key factors that have been my guideline as service-based business over the years, and I'm going to share them with you. So, First of all, you have to differentiate yourself against the competition. In my case, I started the recruitment company when there was no shortage of them in the industry. But I believe that Emergital was going to be a pioneer recruitment agency by reinventing the way traditional recruitment works. And I did this by injecting the subject matter experts in the qualification process, which provided a huge value to our customers. So for us, this was unique, and it did set us apart from the competition. Secondly, Setting up my team for success was critical for our own growth. As a leader, it's not enough to just hire the professionals. This doesn't create a productive team. It's important to train them well and provide them with a playbook on your vision and all the pieces and parts that make up your company's go-to approach for getting things done. So my motto is being, if you take care of them well, they will take care of your customers. So... As you were um, growing your business, what are some of the tools and resources that, resources that you used, people or organizations that helped guide you and give you the insight that you needed down your path? So for me, it's, it's all about people. First, myself as a leader. As a leader, you're a valuable tool for the company, but you need to grow and learn through the different phases of your business too. Your role in your business will not be the same at all stages. Like for me, in the initial stages, I was more hands-on. And in the later stages, it was all about building a team, empowering them, and delegating. Secondly, relationship building with clients was the key. Thirdly, networking. And why? Because you want to be aware of the market landscape of which you are serving so that you can serve it better. And lastly, I surrounded myself with mentors who can really provide a very different perspective. I want to go back to the early days when you were starting to build those relationships. How did you start getting your foot in the door with some of those major clients? I think for us with clients, it was more about listening than talking. We Being a service-based company did not have a product that we were trying to sell. Rather, we were providing a solution to our clients by listening to their challenges, their problems, so we can align our services according to that. And what it is going to do is it's, it's a solution which is right customized to that particular client. And our solution varied from client to client. And that's basically what a services-based business is about. What worked for me and my company was we speak our client's language. We train our salespeople to talk the way customers would understand. And as soon as customers know that there is someone who understands their jargon, for, for example, in IT and telecommunications world, there is a certain way of communicating. And a typical salesperson might not uh, be able to communicate and get across as well as a trained uh, salesperson in that particular environment. 
What is the one thing that you want entrepreneurs running a service-based business to know about distribution? So in a service-based company, customer experience and relationship building and managing is pivotal to success. As compared to a product-based business where absolutely a product speaks for itself. So in my opinion, there are three things that a services-based company should really care about. First one is communication. Customers can touch and see a great product, but services are a bit complex than this. You have to communicate how your service is better to your internal team as well as to your customers. If you deliver a great service, but no one knows about it, your business will suffer. So make sure everyone understands your vision and value. The second thing is the customer experience. So we make sure that every interaction with every customer is positive and the service delivery is exemplary. And always follow up for references, repeat businesses to have as many touch points with your customers as possible. And the last one is scalability. So be ready that scalability is expensive and is a bit tough for a service-based company. A product-based company has an advantage of scalability because they can multiply the revenue by incremental costs and you can sell the very same thing to multiple customers. While services-based, we deliver one-off solutions and we trade dollars for hours spent. So the end result will be highly customized to each client and we cannot most of the time, reuse that to our next customer. So some of the suggestions that um, I think about scaling and growing the services is um, constantly training and recruiting internal team members to be ready for this diversity and growth. And of course, try to find cost-effective solutions. I did the same a couple of years ago. I set up my offshore office last year as an example where we trained recruiters to work on job orders for the customers that we were very familiar with. And then hence, we saved the cost of the expensive onshore team recruiters, which we kept for our new clients where we want to spend more discovery and more in-depth knowledge to serve them better. So Anila, where can our audience find you online to keep learning about you and keep being inspired by you? So if you want to connect with me, um, you can find me on our website, www.emergital.com. You can email me at my personal address, anila, A-N-E-E-L-A dot vague at emergital.com. Another way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. I usually accept LinkedIn requests if you search me up as Anila Zay or through Twitter. I'm also responding through that. Thank you so much, Anila, for your insights. It's been really wonderful speaking with you and congratulations on all of your growth to date. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate that. And that's a wrap. A big thank you to Joanna and Anila for joining us today. We would also like to thank everyone who has helped make the go-to a reality. From the incredible team at FWE who worked on all of the logistics, to self-hired, our amazing production team, to Hummingbird Translations, who are translating our podcast so you can also listen in French, and of course, to Scotiabank Women Initiative, our generous sponsor for this FWE podcast. You can learn more at their website at scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to listen to the rest of season one. 
You can find all of the resources our guests mention on our website at fwe.ca. We know it takes a village to build a business. So share your learnings on Instagram at FWE Canada to help other entrepreneurs become wildly successful. See you next time.